I I had been kind of tolerating more suffering along the way and and even more thoughts and just kind of behaviors in myself along the way uh, because I thought, oh, well, it's fine because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that thing once I get to the end, and mm-hmm. and then I got there and I and I was like, I'm so strong. What this this isn't the treat I thought I was, I was gonna get at the end of all this, and so that really helped me commit in a deeper way to paying attention to how I feel in the process. And like like Dylan was saying, you know, with your social media, like if there's certain people you follow where it's toxic or it just doesn't feel good. Like that's such a great data point, right? How does it feel along the way? Maybe you're reading some of the content on your feed and every time, maybe you start to notice every time you read that, I really don't feel good. Every time I read a post by this one account or whatever it may be. Uh, And so I feel like this whole learning how to enjoy the process, it's it's ongoing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Everyone is Cancelled, episode 50. A giant tsunami was created by a volcano near Otonga, and the end is near. (laughs) Pretty soon, all of us will be engulfed and be fucking dead, and nothing could make me happier than that, you fucks. It's a joke. The tsunami warnings have been lifted. Tonga kind of got fucked over a little bit, but thankfully, it looks like they're mostly okay. Uh... But yeah, it is. Joe Rogan made a post with these 12 satellites that compiled images together for a time lapse of this giant fucking underwater volcano near Tonga uh, that just fucking erupted. And the scariest part was that scientists and meteorologists didn't fucking know if it was going to fuck people up or not. They had to wait for the dust to settle to really understand what the damage would be. It was so sudden. And that's the thing of these fucking earth pimples is they just pop out and we don't know who's going to suffer because of it. And uh, what's that? Anyways, I have uh, Michaela McDonald, my girlfriend, here with me today. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. How you doing? I'm good. I'm drinking tea. We worked out. Oh, fucking gray. Oh, fucking gray. Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. But it's Monday. So. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's fucking Sunday. <laughs> it's whatever day I want it to be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm bigger than time. <laughs> I was going to say, it's because you're bigger than time. This podcast is fictional. <laughs> it's an oral artistic dance. If you don't know what oral means, ask your fucking mom. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, and I am not your fucking president. Obey the laws in your country. Listen to your doctor. And if your doctor approves afterwards, and it is indeed legal in your country, go fuck yourself. All right. Where were we? Would you like to give us a lowdown on this... Uh, <laughs> This volcano. What have you read about it? Oh. I just want to hear your take on it. It oh. doesn't even need to be accurate. Oh, right. Okay. Let the dance continue. Um, all I know is that when I was a tiny child... <laughs> I liked it already. <laughs> I did a research report on tectonic plates. All these plates that are on the surface of the earth that are moving around, bumping into each other, creating huge canyons down beneath the ocean... Way down under. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, and huge mountains above the surface that can sometimes look like islands or uh, look like actual mountains like the Himalayas and all of that. And um, it, it just blew my mind because in my young child mind, 
the earth was so solid. It was just, a, it was a rock. It was a spherical rock that we all lived on and it, and it was reliable and it wasn't moving except rotating, right, through space. Uh, and so this idea that we're all just floating around on top of, you know, molten hot magma, insert, magma. <laughs> insert Dr. Evil quote here, um, just totally thrilled me and kind of freaked me out. And so this is one of those moments where it's like, oh, right. Once again, it's good to remember that, um, yeah, the earth is not, <laughs> it's not just one big rock that's just going to be the same forever. Mm-hmm. It's designed to change. And these things happen unexpectedly. And uh, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit fatalistic of me, but I think it's kind of cool that like a whole new, you know, landmass potentially is mm-hmm. developing. When you first mentioned it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I, th- I thought what you were going to say, I didn't even think about tsunamis. I thought what you were going to say was, and all of the Pacific Ocean adjoining countries are fighting over who gets to claim you know, who that land belongs to now. That was the first thought that I had in my head. Because I was like, mm, yeah, humans, we're going to be shitty about it. And we're going to be like, it's mine. But no, we're, we're, we're trying to take care of each other. That's, yeah. that's good. <laughs> in this current climate, uh, America would be the first to say, China, please take it. We hate ourselves. Uh, on a deeper note, on a more serious note, you know, when volcanoes erupt, they can cause a lot of harm. They can harm a lot of people. It's like, I don't know. The closest comparison I can think of is like the Beatles releasing a new single. It fucking sucks. Don't worry, it's not going to happen. You're going to be okay. It's not going to oh, happen. Oh, thank anymore. goodness. <laughs> but yeah, and I that struck me too when I was reading about it about how what is it like volcanic ash that's like raining down on Tonga now. Um that after the explosion there was this like I don't even know, many many feet high of this volcanic ash that lifted up into the sky and then with, you know, various wind currents and all that is then blowing over, you know, the ocean, but then, you know, land where people live. And so there's a lot that goes on with a volcanic eruption. I was really struck by that too, just thinking about how it's not just the impact of the waves moving, but it's also, you know, there's something going up into the air. There's just, there's just like a lot of impacts i was even thinking about the fish i was like what about what about the little fish in the sea and what are they okay did a bunch of them die their homes definitely got relocated if they had homes right where it exploded (laughs) nemo is definitely fucking dead (laughs) don't say that i'm just kidding why would you say that well, he might be. He really might be. I just feel like it's, just, it's, it's a very dark, dark way to think I hope about someone it. cried because of that <laughs> statement. We're here. We're here to help you. Circle of life. <laughs> Which cry, actually baby. brings us to the, the main thing that you were saying about this. Oh, yeah. The main thing is that we're all going to fucking die one day. Mm-hmm. This this brought Michaela and I to a point where we were discussing stoicism. Yeah, we're joking around, and we're you know, other than the Beatles being the worst band uh, to ever exist, everything we, else was a joke. We're not on the same page about that, but you know, she's the only person who hates him more than I do. <laughs> That's not true. Also, not true. Um, <laughs> but this reminds me of what the Stoics said, and uh, Marcus Aurelius said, "You can die at any day. You can leave this life right now." And treating every day as it could be your last. Because the earth 
is chock full of a history of fucking world-ending events, life-ending events. Um, and, and Joe Rogan made a post about how this shit happens all the time. It really, in a grand scale, this shit happens all the time. There was a solar flare that happened in either the late 1800s or the early 1900s. Um, that if we had technology the way we do today, it would have shut it all down, all of it at once, across the globe, from my knowledge. And these things happen all the fucking time based on, you know, if you're looking at things from a grand scale of a few centuries. And it just so happens by dumb luck, they haven't hit after the internet was created, after all this technology was created. But if one of these fucking solar flares hit us hard enough, all of our shit's out. Everything that's run by electrical components is out. It's like a, an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse. China, these big countries are working on these to weaponize them with satellites where they can shut down a country's communications, basically anything ran by electronics. Uh, but it's like a giant EMP to the globe. And it's just luck. It happened like less than 100 years ago. Wow. Or maybe about 100 years ago now. Hmm. And so we're kind of due. Yeah. And then what's that volcano? Is it Yosemite? Mm, no, no, um, no, Yellowstone. Yellowstone yeah. National Park, that shit's waiting to blow. Mm-hmm. And they have this whole fucking circle uh, of showing the death zone and then the danger zone, and then it's going to affect the whole globe. Mm-hmm. And it's not if, it's when it's going to blow. Mm-hmm. And we have scientists saying, well, maybe we should drill into it, ease the fucking pressure, and they're saying, no, don't, don't touch the hornet's nest. Others are saying we're waiting to die if we don't. And there's just a million ways we can all die. So I took the time, you know, Beatles jokes aside, to enjoy today, to take things lightly, Mm -hmm. to go and move my body, to appreciate my body. We both had a workout today, and we were feeling sluggish at first, but we made it happen. And we came in just appreciating what we were able to do, being able to move our bodies, breathing fresh air, enjoying life. And that's what I love about the Stoics. Back then, death was much more of a real component of their lives. It was all around them. And they actually saw dead bodies more. We're so insulated from seeing the death process. We are. Days. Now, what's more real is the slow decay, heart disease, diabetes. But the Stoics of today are facing these things just like they did back then. They didn't fear death. They didn't try to avoid it. They accepted it and enjoyed the time they had. If you have, if you're able to think about death, it means you're still ticking. Your heart's still ticking. And thinking about death was a a sort of joyous realization that, oh, I'm still alive. I'm thinking about it, which means I haven't succumbed to it. And it doesn't matter when I succumb to it because then I won't be able to think about it, mm-hmm. at least not in this context. Yeah. So I think it just comes back to, and this is a very simple episode, short and sweet, of just take your time this week to just enjoy the fuck out of your life. Mm-hmm. Go on that hike you were delaying. Spend time with your kid at the park that you keep wanting to do in your head. You're saying you'll do it and you keep waiting You delay it. Whatever you enjoy to do. Yeah. And remember, there's a risk in everything we do in life. We were talking about sunscreen today, how people are fucking scared of the sun. Well, guess what? Osteoporosis, a lack of vitamin D, heart disease, all of these metabolic uh, fucking problems can happen from not getting enough sun. Everything is a risk. So you can manipulate any risk in life to deter you from just living your life. Yeah. Being alive and waking up is a risk. You know, it every, is. Every breath we take, there's a risk. You can walk outside and fucking get struck by lightning and be dead, motherfucker. So just enjoy it. Take a, you know, take a deep breath. Mm. Maybe take up a new hobby. Just take this week to, to appreciate 
life, and especially Stoicism. If you haven't followed them, follow the Daily Stoic on Instagram, YouTube. Start feeding your mind with health food, just like your physical body, just like your spiritual, your spirituality. If you feed your mind, you could be on Instagram, but what pages are you following? If you're following pages that have good quotes, you're feeding your mind every day with like Stoicism and philosophy and poetry mm-hmm. and things that make you feel good, things that wake you up. Yeah. I have a coin on my desk that says Memento Mori that my brother gave me. It says you could leave life right now, written by Marcus Aurelius, the most powerful man in the world at the time. Yeah. And well, it's just good to have these reminders, this food for the brain. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and perspective, right? That's something we were talking about right away when we heard about this volcanic eruption was how perspective, it's, it puts things into perspective. And that's one of the beautiful things about thinking about death and contemplating the fact that it's not guaranteed we're going to continue living. And I love what you're saying about being aware of the type of information you're consuming as just as much as we'd be aware of the type of food you're consuming, which as you all know, if you've listened to the other podcast I was on, I'm really into food. (laughs) Um, But thinking about that, because the thoughts that we introduce ourselves to through Instagram pages or books or podcasts or whatever, those can really influence our perspective and how we perceive life. Objective reality is one thing, but there's, you know, I don't even know if we'd have a number to count, a number high enough to count all the perspectives that are possible within each of us and then all of us as a collective of how we're perceiving our lives in each moment and each day. And so I think it's really, it's actually kind of cool to me and kind of exciting that we have a lot of power and a lot of choice with how we want to perceive things. And I really appreciate learning more about the Stoics from you because it's cool to see. I've always been down to think about death and talk about it, but to really have them articulate so clearly the value of remembering that we'll die and the way that that can focus our attention on being present in our lives now. So whether, and I, I like things that are like super, mm, like micro micro adjustments. Like I, I like the change that you can make of making your cup of coffee in the morning, being a rushed thing to being something where you slow down, you smell the coffee beans. Maybe you notice the way the, the, the whole process goes. Maybe it's watching the water bubble up in the pan. Because it could be your last cup of coffee. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And it might and that's sound, okay. and that's okay. And it might sound dark, but so often the things that are deeply precious to us when we think we don't have any time left or when we think, oh, if I could go back in time, what would I do? It's the little moments. It's the moments of sharing our love with the people we care about. It's the moments Mm -hmm. of really savoring something we're seeing, like a beautiful sunset or a beautiful smell or, you know, like laughing heartily at a good joke. It's those little moments. You know, something that I've noticed is it's not an overnight change, although it can it can be an overnight change. It mean, Every time I read that coin and I remind myself of Memento Mori, it means something different to me. Meditation, it, it's kinda, it sounds kind of fucking stupid, but it took me years to reach a level where I kind of started seeing the meaning of it. And so life is an evolution. Uh, the journey is in uh, um, exactly that, the, the journey. Yeah. You don't, you're not trying to get to a destination. The yeah. destination is the journey. That's what I'm looking for. I like it. And... It ta- I realized recently that it takes a long time 
um, it took me a long time to enjoy the journey. That I was always trying to get somewhere. I was always trying to learn my lessons so I can, okay, I've learned how to meditate. Now I can be at peace. It's like, no, I, mm. the peace is in the journey. Yeah. And so memento moris, the stoicism, the peace is in learning. Mm. Life isn't stagnant. So that's the problem with the medical system. Uh, a doctor I follow, I won't name him. I'm not sure if he wants me to. But one of his biggest gripes is that doctors, they get their doctorate. They get their 10 years of schooling or so, and then they stop reading studies, and then they end up relying on studies uh, that are old and outdated and and actually wrong, the opposite of the current truth, because they feel, I've learned what I need to learn, and they think there's such thing as uh, being able to stay in one place in life where you've learned knowledge, you don't need to learn more. Mm-hmm. If you're not learning, you're going backwards. There's no such thing as staying in the same place. So stoicism or meditation, it's the act of the journey of sharp, constantly keeping the knife sharp, because if you're not, it's going dull. Yeah. There's no such thing as freezing uh, that blade in time. Yeah. Not with the knowledge we have now, at least. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that. I I enjoy the process. So Mm -hmm. as you take this on, it may seem dark at first. You may think it doesn't agree with you, but they say it takes at least two weeks to start a new habit. Try it for two weeks. Read a little bit of stoicism. For two weeks every day and really meditate, which just means to think about something sometimes or to mm-hmm. sit in your peace of just what that means. I found it helps me be more silly sometimes to not care so much about what I look like. Nobody fucking cares, but I feel happier when I'm uninhibited. Mm. I feel happier when I feel free to say stupid things. Mm. I feel happier when I don't have to worry about the consequences of saying I don't like the Beatles. <laughs> I actually do like their music, but I, I, I more enjoy the reaction I get from people when I say I don't. I do think they're overrated. As long as you're having a good time. I'm enjoying it, especially on the internet. That's like a really popular meme right now, just shitting on the Beatles, and I couldn't be happier. You didn't start it? I didn't start it. Oh, wow. I think a lot of people have a hatred for the Beatles. But anyways... Feeling uninhibited, saying your piece, and not giving a fuck what people say feels great. Mm. The biggest critics out there are the, some of the most unhappy fucking people I've ever I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. And they worry about everything. Mm-hmm. So much that they, they filled up their cup of worrying about themselves, and now they have to worry about others. What a fucking horrible life mm-hmm. to babysit the thoughts of others. <laughs> it doesn't work for one. And two, you're just shitting your pants all the time in stress. Like, mm. these people are everywhere. So... You can use social media, but at least have a few pages. Maybe start by following a few pages like Daily Stoic. Maybe uh, some kind of philosophy or poetry page. Whatever. Maybe it's photography, beautiful images. And unfollow some of those shitty friends, maybe. Or those fucking really catastrophically toxic pages that are like fucking unrealistic, photoshopped, fitness trends. People motivating you to spend all your money, going to debt. And nobody cares. Nobody cares about that $500 purse you you bought or that car you got a loan for that you can't afford. Nobody fucking cares. Mm. But you feeling happy matters. You know, it affects others. When you're happy, other people are happy. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like one of the things that I notice when you talk about stoicism and the things you shared with me is how it's, it's enhanced your happiness and it's... There's something so simple and clean about it. It's not like you need all these things so that you can be happy. Once again, it's not that whole, once I get to the destination, then I'll be happy. It's the process. It's like living deeper into your life and that it's bringing you a lot of contentment. I think, I wish people use the word contentment more. I think that's a really great word. 
um, because it it it's different than happiness, which I think has kind of I, I love happiness too, but I think certain ways that we think about happiness lead us down a path of uh, kind of like a manic. Yeah, there's all, I think we've all met those people who are manically happy and they stress <laughs> us all the fuck out. Because they're not even content. They're just manic and they have no cognizance of anybody around them. Mm. And they're just stressful to be around. But a man who, or a woman who is content, yeah. content. Yeah. Um, yeah. A man or a woman who is content has the, has a peace about them where they can yeah. feel happy. Yeah. They can even... They can even be having a hard moment, but deep down they're still okay. Yeah. And there, that, there's a deep piece of that that others feel comfortable around. Yeah. there's I don't, Contentment to me feels like the foundation of a house, whereas happiness feels more like a way you might decorate it. It's a bit more fleeting. Uh, and so I like pursuing things that are deeper, more foundational. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I noticed everyone has a different neurochemistry, right, genetically. Some people are just fucking born happy. Mm. As my dad has said ever since I was young, some people are just fucking born that way. Mm. Other people are born sad. Mm. Yeah. Some people are born with high energy but anxious. Some people just are born with whatever mm-hmm. all across the spectrum. But I think one thing that all of these people can attain is contentment. Mm. And yeah. it's, it looks different for each of them. Yeah. You know, I like that. sometimes it could take the opposite guru or the opposite book or the opposite effect. Uh, to get to the same place because everybody needs something else. Yeah. That's the cool thing about podcasts and YouTube and all these different sources of rich information is that we can all find things that really meet us where we're at and help us move towards contentment or whatever it is that we feel like we need next. You know, I think there's, I, I like that there's so much variety out there and it's fun to get to be part of that variety. It's great. Your body, your mind, and your soul is your journey. And the journey and the adventure of figuring out what it needs and what feeds it is so fun. Your friend may have a church or a guru on YouTube or a fitness person that's really helped them. And you may try them out and they may be fucking horrible and you can't stand them. (laughs) It doesn't mean that they suck. It might. (laughs) But it also may mean that your your friend needed that. But you need something else. You might need the opposite to get to the same place of contentment. And yeah. the thing is, is you didn't waste your time by spending money on that that mm-hmm. course or spending your time on that YouTube video or whatever it was or trying that new sport because your friend wanted you to try it. You learned something about yourself, whether good or bad. It doesn't matter how it affected you. Mm-hmm. You got that much closer to figuring something out about yourself. And finding peace in that journey is one of the most wonderful things that I am finding every day. Yeah. And when you can find, when you start to figure that out, when you spend time with yourself alone in the woods or the desert, mm-hmm. and you start to figure that out, and you start to figure out what you kind of dig in life, mm-hmm. then you start attracting people who dig the same things. And there is nothing more joyous than that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. I love what you were talking about with enjoying the process because I think that learning how to enjoy the process is so important. And so many of us get so focused on the outcome. So focused on the outcome. And so I've really experienced that for myself. Um, In particular, actually, uh, when I set out to become a coach, and that's something we're going to talk about in the future more, but I had this whole dream of thinking, okay, once I work for myself, once I have this number of clients, once I have all these other things in place, and I have this amount of money coming in, I'm going to feel 
so happy. I'm going to feel so good about myself. I'm going to feel like I've fully arrived. And I got to that point and I felt so stressed and and like I just mm. I didn't feel how I thought I was going to feel. And the lesson I took from that at that point in time was that I needed to enjoy the process so much more because part of what made me so angry once I reached that point was that I had, I had been kind of tolerating more suffering along the way and and even more thoughts and just kind of behaviors in myself along the way uh, because I thought, oh, well, it's fine because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that thing once I get to the end, and mm-hmm. and then I got there and I and I was like, I'm so strong. What this this isn't the treat I thought I was, I was gonna get at the end of all this, and so that really helped me commit in a deeper way to paying attention to how I feel in the process. And like like Dylan was saying, you know, with your social media, like if there's certain people you follow where it's toxic or it just doesn't feel good. Like that's such a great data point, right? Do, how does it feel along the way? Maybe you're reading some of the content on your feed and every time, maybe you start to notice every time you read that, I really don't feel good. Every time I read a post by this one account or whatever it may be. Uh, and so I feel like this whole learning how to enjoy the process, it's it's ongoing. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, I'm still a coach. I, I, have, I have many jobs, but I'm still a coach and I feel like learning how to enjoy the process has helped me to be even more deeply present for my clients. And to me, that's that's where the magic happens. Yeah, I think one of the scariest things is having all of these influences. And when that tool is so dull and we never hone it, these things are fucking up our everyday life. Like these Instagram pages or Facebook I don't know how many people are using Facebook anymore, but whatever it is, <laughs> or friends you're around, and then they're just affecting your overall mindset because you don't notice that they're bad. Mm. And then so you just take on these bad habits that they have, and then you're just unhappy during the day. Mm. If you catch a red light, you're just fucking mad, and you have this pessimistic view, and you're angry at the world. I've been there. Mm. And the scariest part is when you don't know what's contributing to that. But once you just cut out one, You've sharpened the blade tremendously. Mm. You know, you can always find two, but that first one, that first bad source you cut out, that really just opens your eyes, head out of the sand moment. And then you start seeing this other fucking bullshit. And then you start having self-worth like, I don't fucking deserve this. Mm. Like, what am I doing to myself? This is like making my brain unhappy. These people are making me unhappy. Mm. So when you live a life that's fruitful... The end of the world doesn't seem so scary. It's like it's going to happen one way or another. I don't need to live another day because I've lived such great days already. Mm-hmm. I'm satisfied mm-hmm. with this moment right here. <laughs> if I died right now, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I have no control for one and two. I'm living my best life as as much as I can, and it's going to be better tomorrow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, improvement is a bunch of small changes every day. Trying to be better than you were yesterday. Not being a competition with your buddy because you're not them being in competition with who you were yesterday. Are you doing better than you did last week? That's fun. That's your best competition. It's the only healthy competition when it comes to this stuff. And uh, anyways, I think this episode is just perspective. Yeah. Doomsday perspective. Yeah. When a volcano explodes in the ocean. Celebrate. What's your perspective? (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels life-affirming to me. 
I feel like it's helping me focus. When you told me, I just wanted to hold your hand a little tighter. Yeah. Yeah. We're holding hands right now. <laughs> we are. He's not kidding. <laughs> I want to make a song, super original, talking about holding hands. <laughs> I want to hold your hand. <laughs> mm. I want to hold your hand. Mm. I think you should workshop that a little more. There's these four guys I know. They've I'm really- going to start a band called The Bugs. <laughs> Talking about holding people's hands. <laughs> Just kidding. There's probably a band named The Bugs. No disrespect to you because I don't know your music. It could be great. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's it. I'm good. I feel content. Let's go live life. Let's go live life. I love you guys. And I uh, hope you have a great week. Think about this if you want or don't. I don't fucking care. Live your life. Have fun. Uh, I really appreciate your listenership. You guys are great. Uh, the viewership continues to go up. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, incremental incremental gains. Our first episode, we had a first episode hit 100 downloads, which is pretty good. Well, how about that? I'm yeah. available for people to hear my various thoughts and rants. Yeah. So, anyways, you guys take care. Have a great week. Care about you guys. Got love for you. And uh, I'll see you next Monday on Everyone is Cancelled. If you'd like to follow me uh, on Instagram, Everyone is Cancelled, spelled the right way with one L. Anyways, you guys take care. Thank you, Miss Michaela, for joining me tonight. Oh, you're so welcome, Dylan. What a treat. All right. Good night, folks. Pretty soon all of us will be engulfed and be fucking dead. And nothing could make me happier than that. You fucks.